Welcome to the Business Life and Joy podcast, where we believe that both your business and your life can be filled with joy. If you want to grow an online business without fear, self-doubt, or the need to take on a hustle around the clock mindset, you are in the right place at the right time. I'm your host, Shante Grant, creative entrepreneur, teacher, two-time online business owner, mom, wife, and friend. Thank you for being present with me for today's episode of the Business Life Enjoy podcast. Welcome to today's episode of the Business Life Enjoy podcast. I am so excited today because today you get to chat with me and my friend Megan Taylor of All She Wrote Notes. Now, if you are not familiar with Megan, you are in for a treat. You will probably never forget her after today. And particularly if you go and visit her Instagram profile, you will see why. She is so colorful, so fun, so positive and energetic. And I just love her. Now, I met Megan this year. Um, We've met through a number of ways. Actually, we've spoken at conferences together. We're speaking at another conference together later this year. And she is just a ball of joy. I've also had the honor of taking one of her workshops. And I just can say so many great things, but I want you to meet her for yourself. Megan is the she behind All She Wrote Notes, which is a calligraphy and hand lettering studio, and she's based in Elon, North Carolina. Her work can be seen all across all the spectrum. She's been named the best calligrapher of the South by Southern Weddings. She's partnered with other brands like West Elm, Neiman Marcus, Kendra Scott, Anthropology, Swoozies, and dozens of others. And what I love most about Megan is she exemplifies business life and joy. And you are going to hear all about how she took an idea and sat on her bed one night without internet and started a business that now is almost five years old. So I can't wait any longer. Let's head over and I'm going to let you tune in to my conversation with Megan Taylor of All She Wrote Notes. Megan Taylor, thank you so much for being here on the Business Life Enjoy podcast. I am so excited to have you here. Oh my gosh, my cheeks hurt. I'm smiling so big. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. Thank you. Thank you. You just, just looking at your face, which unfortunately my listeners don't get to do, but they can because I'm going to tell them where they can find you just makes me so happy and it's such a great start to my day. Um, so I want to start off with those listeners who do not know you. Tell them a little bit about who you are, what you do, just introduce yourself to the Business Life Enjoy audience. All right. Hey, y'all. I am Megan Taylor. I'm the she behind all she wrote notes, which is a calligraphy and hand lettering studio based out of Elon, North Carolina. And I am a mom. I'm a wife. I'm a business owner. And I am just living the dream every day, being able to work from home and have that business life enjoy that you guys always talk about. Yes, I love it. So you say you are the owner of All She Wrote Notes. What is that? How did it come about? Tell us about the story of All She Wrote Notes. All right. I have always been into lettering. I've always been a doodler and a drawer. My name is Megan and my mom chose to spell it M-A-G-H-O-N, which is not how you spell Megan, y'all. She made that up. (laughs) And she spelled it that way because it looked prettier to write. So I think all along I was destined to be some kind of artist in some way, shape or form. Um, I was always just even all the way back in middle school, high school, I was kind of the go-to friend that people had whenever they were running for student council needed a cool poster or like you know the banner that the football team runs through like I was the girl who made that banner (laughs) and so I was just always really into that um graduated from college worked in event planning for seven years and I loved everything about events I love decorating and coming up with ideas and spending other people's money was always (laughs) really fun but I just miss being creative I miss doodling I miss drawing for fun and just kind of getting my hands dirty I don't know about you but I always just felt like I was on a screen like whether it was my phone or my computer or my iPad or something digital and I just really missed and craved doing something creative And for my birthday, um, back in 2013, I signed up for a calligraphy course. 
And when I'm talking about calligraphy, I'm talking about the old-fashioned metal-tipped pointed pen that you dip into a little jar of ink, like Declaration of Independence, John Hancock style. (laughs) And I signed up for a calligraphy course and was so excited, jumped in with both feet, got all my tools and all my supplies. And my grandmother was an artist, so I really looked up to her and had just always like admired her work and her art. And I inherited some of her like art supplies whenever she passed away. And it really wasn't until I was an adult that I got into that. And so I did not go into this calligraphy class with like a humble spirit at all. Like I was like, I am going to be so good. And I was the worst person in the class, like by far. I was holding my pen upside down for over (laughs) half of the first thing. And I walked away so defeated because I wanted to love it so bad. And I just didn't like, I just did not feel that. And I was looking around the room and I found myself just comparing myself to everybody else in there. I was looking at other people's paper and I would think, oh, like hers is just much more formal than mine and hers is more elegant than mine and more beautiful. Like, first of all, nobody's ever called me elegant a day in their life. Like, (laughs) it's not the adjective that people use to describe me. Usually it's loud, colorful, never elegant. And I was just trying to fit myself into this little box, you know, like that I had seen all these other calligraphers and artists, very, very formal, really like kind of uptight, you know, like for, for a fancy event, for a black tie affair. And that just isn't me. And I left the class and and just did not want to give up on it. I had already spent all this money on supplies. So I was like, well, (laughs) you need to figure this out. (laughs) And so I started doodling and playing and um, just kind of doing this on the side at my house. And I took a set of note cards that I had written in calligraphy to book club. And my friend, Laura said, Megan, I have never seen calligraphy look so fun. And I don't think that she meant to change my life with that compliment, but she totally did. Because up until that point, I was thinking, I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. Like, I was just comparing. And when she said, Megan, this looks so fun, I was like, oh, it's on. Like, I can do fun, girl. Like, I got that. Like, she just pointed out what was me about that piece that I made her. Like, that it was more curly. It was more whimsical. Like, it was kind of dancing across the page. And that's all stuff that's very indicative of my personality, but that wasn't really indicative of calligraphy at the time. And she was just so encouraging to me. The other girls at book club were like, you should sell these. Like, you should put these online. Like, I would want to buy these. And I did. With their encouragement and with their just positivity right there behind me, I decided to open an online shop. And I opened it that night from my bed on my iPhone 4. (laughs) (laughs) And I did not have internet at home. I did not have a printer, a computer, anything that normal business people have. I took a picture of the cards I had given to Laura and then posted those. And all she wrote notes was born. And it has just continued to grow day after day, one follower at a time. I I started with one follower, which was me on my other account. (laughs) And I'm almost to in the 20,000 somewhere. And, And I just am so grateful for that and how much it has grown. But most importantly, just how I have made it me and just really put my own personality into that and not try to fit into that box I thought I had to. And it's just a lot more fun that way. And I, and I feel so grateful that I get to get up every single day and do that as my job. I love it. There were so many things I had to pull out a sticky note real quick and start (laughs) scribbling because hopefully everyone just caught so many principles and what you just shared alone. We could just end the podcast. Um, (laughs) And that's one thing I'm really big on. It's like you can hear so many people's stories, but it's the principles I always want people to walk away with. And so some of those that I just got from what you were sharing, the first thing is you were trying to be what everyone else was. You were trying to say, this is the industry I want to be in. And this is the way it looks. It's black and white. It's quote unquote elegant. This is what I have to be if this is the space I want to be in without ever honoring like, how do I bring me into this and maybe change or offer something that's different? And it was once you actually had someone who, thank the Lord for her, I hope she knows how life changing she's been for you. But just sharing that one thing, someone who reflected to you who they saw you as, and it was what you think you are, you know, fun, that completely gave you permission to say, that's me, I could do this calligraphy thing. But 
in a way that infuses Megan in it because you're right, fun, happy, colorful, positive. Those are the words that describe you, but they're also the words that describe your brand. I'm looking at your office right now. You guys, you can see it on Instagram. It is so colorful, so happy, but that's you. You built your brand around who you were and who you were comfortable being as opposed to trying to say, I'm trying to be this other, I mean, I'm writing upside down. You said you had the pen in your hand right. the wrong way. <laughs> so that was just a sign that this is, no, we, we can't put your your roundness in this square peg. So that's a lesson all in itself, just staying true to who you are and also just having people around you who see you for who you are, who can sometimes speak that to us when we don't see it in ourselves or we're trying so hard to be something that we're not. So I hope everyone got that lesson. And then the second thing is you said on your iPhone 4. So <laughs> that is telling us how long ago it is. I think we're on the, what, the 10 now? Um, um, yeah. <laughs> with no printer, no, did you have a, even have an idea for a business name? Just uh, I, I, I tossed it around in my head that night and just picked something that wasn't already taken yeah. on Instagram. And it, it's called All She Wrote Notes. My mom always said, that's all she wrote. And mm-hmm. I would think of that when I was done writing something. I was like, oh, that's all she wrote. And so that was the name. As soon as I said it, I knew that was it. And, you know, have just continued to go on down that road. I, I was really like, I didn't put a lot of thought into picking my name. I felt like that was it. But I also felt like you see a lot of people, like even you, like your name's Shun. Take Grant. Like I, I hear all these people that have these like staged names, like beautiful, awesome <laughs> names. And for me, with Megan and being spelled the way that it is, there's a lot of Megans. But I, I thought nobody could ever be able to spell it. Like if I put that as my website or I had that as my Instagram, like it's spelled so crazy that I feel like they'd never be able to find me. So it was really important to me to have something easy. Yeah, well, you know, I can relate to that. I even spell my name on this podcast quite often because, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on the team of names that gets botched 100%. Like, the Thanks, time. mom. Right. And it's not our fault. It's our parents' fault. But um, I just love that you said, you know, I just opened my phone and started my business. I knew I wanted to do something. And that says just start. It doesn't have to be perfect. You didn't go out and say, okay, then I want to spend a million dollars on a domain name and a hire to design. You know, you started with what you had, where you were, and then it slowly grew from that one follower, which was yourself, <laughs> to the thousands upon thousands that you have today. So tell us, give us some idea of the time frame. When was that? Um, roughly when you start, when you just sat there on your bed and started all she wrote notes. It was August 13th of 2013. Oh, and wow. I am about to celebrate five years yes. in business and it just was so cool. Like I have never looked back, but I had no expectations. I would have just been as happy as I could be to come home from work and do this as a hobby and share my work. I think the biggest lesson I could give to somebody is just to start. Like don't wait until you have everything because if you wait, like if I had waited, I would never be here. I would never have started. And I did not even have internet. Like I, I was using, <laughs> <laughs> I was too cheap to pay for it. <laughs> I had basic cable, like everything. I was just in a season of life where I couldn't afford all that. And I was just working exactly with what I had. Calligraphy is paper and ink. So I didn't really need equipment. I didn't need, you know, a printer, a scanner. I think so many times we wait till we have the perfect logo or we have the perfect business card or a domain name. Like you said, I didn't have that until I was probably six months into the business. And I think the biggest lesson is just to start sharing what it is that you are doing and sharing it with your Facebook friends, sharing it with your book club, with your girlfriends, with your sisters, like people that you already know are going to be your first customers. And I think they are a great test ground and great, you know, to get feedback and encouragement to you before you really need to worry about putting it out on the main stage. And I'm really, really grateful that I went ahead and just did it. And it's so funny to look back on the stuff that I did. I I thought it was fun because I wasn't looking at anybody else. Like I wasn't, after I decided like, I'm going to do this, I quit following like other people that I felt compared to, you know, that I, that I, I didn't want to accidentally see something that they did and think it was my idea or get like too much inspiration to the point that I was copying (laughs) or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Um, and I just kind of stayed in my own lane, kind of kept my eyes on my own paper, so to speak, and really just forged ahead. And it's funny to look back, like I've gotten a lot better <laughs> over five years, but just because I wasn't amazing when I started, there were plenty of people that thought I was just fine. And I think that 
if you're doing something as a business and somebody's hiring you, they're hiring you because they can't do it. So you're automatically better than them, like just from starting. And you only have to be a few steps ahead to be able to turn around and help somebody else. And I think that I started teaching lettering and calligraphy about a year in um, to like, to my business, probably not even a year. And somebody just said, Hey, could you, would you ever teach a calligraphy class? And I was like, Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, I'll do it. And I have taught almost 5,000 people now. Wow. And that's my favorite part of my job. I travel around, I use my event background from before, and I host these workshops. And I have been teaching all over North Carolina from literally one end to the other, um, up and down the South. And I just have been so grateful. Stores and shops and boutiques invite me to come and share this with their customers. And calligraphy um, has was always the most popular. And then hand lettering started to come on the scene, which is basically fake calligraphy. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's with a Sharpie marker or just any kind of marker. And it's just more versatile. Like you can do it on more mediums other than just paper. And so right now, that's my most popular class. So I teach at least one class every week. And it's just amazing. Like, it's so fun to see people come alive and just feel creative because I see myself in them. I see that they've been at a desk all day and they've been typing emails all day. And it's so fun to come and sit down in that room and hold a marker, like hold a pink marker, no less, <laughs> and to color and draw and just do something with their girlfriends and I think that a lot of people, they come for the lettering, like they come to learn the alphabet. But my hope is that when they leave, they feel better than when they arrive, that they feel lighter, they feel happier, they feel more creative, because I just want to just fill them up with that joy and just the hope that you get to choose. Like tomorrow doesn't have to be just like today was like you have the power right there within you to make it better and to make it more fun. Absolutely. And I want to get over to your workshops, but there was some, oh gosh, I tried to take notes so fast. Um, You said when you first started, you know, you're better today than you were then. Oh my goodness. I see pictures of like my first bows and I'm like, please, no one else wear those and tag me. Please don't tag me. You know, I almost want to email them and say, hey, can you just throw that away and then send me your address and I will send you some of our more current bows because you're right. But at the time, they were wonderful to me, you know, because they were my best. And, you know, but looking at the first because of Zoe Bow and the 2018 because of Zoe Bow is just night and day, like you said, right? Um, but I just started where I was. I thought it was wonderful. My audience clearly thought it was wonderful and it just got better over time. So also for those people who are like, once I get this thing made perfect, then I'm going to offer it. Or you could just offer it as it is now and see what people are going to think. Because if I hadn't started, like you said, and just kept getting it better and better and better, making my skills better, figuring out how to make things better, then it wouldn't have gotten to where I am to where you are today. So I love that principle also. And then you talked about the workshops, which I want to get to, because I think that is such a cool part of what you do. And for my other product-based businesses who are listening, just I love how you thought outside the box and thought, what's another way? One, I can bring in another income stream in my business, but two, that I can do something again that I love to do, which for you is to be around other people, to make people feel great, to make people laugh and smile. You found who you were and you said, how can I make this a part of my business, which is what I love so much about you. You literally have built a brand doing the things you love and that you're really good at, which who doesn't want to wake up every day and do those two things, right? But let's talk about from that day you sat on your bed and started that website. You were at that time working full time. How did you get to the place where you grew the business to where you were comfortable with doing it full time? I love this part of my story because it was definitely the biggest hustle and the hardest season, but it's my favorite. Like when I look back, I was for sure burning the candle at both ends. I was going to work all day at a job I actually loved. Like a lot of people who want to do their own business are like, oh, I can't wait to leave my job. I loved my job. I worked with my best friend and also the girl that's my other best friend who told me that I should do this for fun. Like I was just surrounded by fun and joy and I would work all day. I would get home around 6 p.m. and I would go into my little office, which was my spare bedroom, and I would crank out orders. I would open at the time I was on Etsy. I've since moved to my own website, but back then that was an awesome place to start. And I was on there 
I would go and I would write orders all night long. Everything was still manually written. It was still hand done. Nothing was copied. Every single word was written by hand. So if somebody ordered six bless your heart cards, your girl was blessing six hearts. Like bless your heart, bless your heart, like over and over. And then I would let them dry. And then the next morning, I I would probably stay up till midnight or one writing orders. And then the next morning I would wake up before work after they had dried overnight and package them up and then go to the post office on my way to work, work all day and then do it all over again. And I did that for two and a half years straight through. And I loved it. I would not change a thing. I was not married. Chris lived in another city. He was working third shift. So I, I was had all the time in the world, nothing but time every night. And I, I was able to do that. I do think I had to sacrifice a lot. I did not get to go out for happy hour. I, there was no going to dinner for me. There was no workouts after work or classes. Like I basically stripped everything down that wasn't work. And I would tell people I worked every hour I was awake and that was 100% true. And I don't say that to be like, oh, I feel bad for her because that's exactly what I wanted to be doing. And I knew I was building something. I knew it was catching steam. I knew that maybe one day it could be my job. And I just kept at it and kept my head down the classes were really what was was made it so clear that I was going to be able to leave because that is a good predictor of what your income is going to be. Being able to schedule those out, to know how many tickets each one has, you know, that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I was only able to teach once a week whenever I was working full time so that I would have the other nights of the week to be able to go and actually write and fill orders. And so I was teaching every Thursday, but I was also super limited in the radius with which I could teach because I needed to be close to work. If I got off at five and a class was at 630, I would like run to my car (laughs) and jump in and get get on the road and, and get out there. But being able to go full time, I went full time in August of 2015. Um, so two years after, but I had, um, I guess it was two years, not two and a half, two years after I started. And it was amazing. Like it was so exciting, but I was terrified. I felt like I needed some kind of like permission slip or something <laughs> that, that I needed to like take a course and sign off. Like all my friends and my husband and my even my coworkers were like, Megan, this is going to be so great. We're so proud of you. And I was like, what did I just do? <laughs> like, is this allowed? And it was, it was awesome. I never looked back. That first year full time, I probably worked more hours than I'd ever worked in my life. Like I left a nine to five to work a 24 seven. And I just didn't really understand balance because I had never had it. Like I had always just been full steam work. And it really wasn't until I got pregnant with Vance, which was like in my fourth year in business, that I had to really, really slow down. And I am so grateful for that time looking back because it just changed like what I was physically capable of. Like I was very sick during my pregnancy and had several complications and just had to just put it, put it on, you know, on the back burner sometimes and focus on what was most important. And so now I'm kind of back on that same schedule I was in when I worked full time. So it's I kind of like have changed hours and changed um, flexibility. And now I'm sort of back to like a more traditional schedule because we have childcare to worry about. And I can only teach one night a week again. But it has just been an amazing journey. And I, I love how it's evolved. And even my business has changed based on what seasons of life I was in. And and I've just always been really open and sharing that with my followers and sharing that with my customers. Um, whenever I was engaged and I was getting married, I sold a lot of bridal items. I mean, out the wazoo, I had all kinds of koozies and tote bags and t-shirts and wedding paraphernalia because I was in that, like I, I so was in that season. I did a lot of bachelorette stuff. And now, I mean, even when I became a dog mom, like when I got Teddy and Gracie, like I was really, really into that. And then pregnancy that season, the items in my shop have directly reflected exactly what I'm living and what I'm going through. And it's been hard for me sometimes to let that go once that season is no longer really prevalent for me. I mean, I'm about to turn 32. Like I got married three years ago. I'm not super on trend with the bridal (laughs) stuff right now. And so I'm not carrying a lot of those items anymore. Um, Now that I became like a mom mom and not just a pet mom, 
I don't focus on those items as much anymore because that's not the most important thing to me. And so it's been hard to let some of that stuff go because I'm so nostalgic over it. And it was such, you know, it could just represent a cool time in my life. But my customers have followed me along on that journey because it's who I am. And and I believe if you're going to sell a product, it needs to be something that you use and that you're passionate about. And it makes it so much easier to sell it. Like if you, if you are actually using it in your day to day, I don't think that that means you can't sell it if you're not, but it just makes it a whole lot easier for me, you know, when it's something that I'm actually need and, and use in my, my life. Yeah. You truly have allowed your life, your season, your priorities, who you are at that time, because who you are is, ever evolving. There are certain things about us that remain the same, but a lot of, you know, as we walk through different seasons from, like you said, single, having all the free time to married, to married and then having a child, like those things require different things from us. And you've allowed your business to ebb and flow with that. And that's so smart because I think sometimes so many business owners think, okay, I have all these changes coming up, but my business has to look the same because this is what people have come to expect. And at that point, you've become at the mercy of your audience. Whereas, like you said, you take your audience with you on your journey. And when I think you, when you build your loyal league, which you've heard me talk about, those people who are there for you, who root for you, who choose you to the exclusion of others, if you take them on the journey with you, they will come with you. We put this false expectation that I have to stay red to keep my audience because all they like is red. But no, what if I'm in a season where I think I'm going to transform and be more yellow or more pink or whatever? And so your audience has not only done that, but it's helped you to attract even more people along that journey because everyone, even in the bride zone, they're not always going to be brides. That's only a small season. So they're going to want more things anyway. So I think that was so smart that you found that insight that took me some time to figure out, which is do life first and then figure out how my business can fit within that. And you do that now. Tell us what are your office hours? Because I love the fact and it's right there on your signature and your emails. And I'm starting to implement that for the rest of this year because I'm actually one setting office hours and two, it's Tuesday through Thursday, which is something I've never done. And I love that you say you make that very clear. So tell everybody what are your office hours? I am up here on Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays from about I can guarantee 10 to 1, and that's usually what I put in my email, but I'm usually up here from about 9 to 2, and I need that buffer on either side of my promised time because childcare might arrive later. I might need to cook somebody breakfast before I get up here, or today, before you and I got on here, my dogs got out or running around, (laughs) so I had to go chase down two doodles. So like, I feel like I can kind of ease up here with my coffee, like get my time. My office is located in our home. It's above our garage. So it's kind of separate from the rest of the house. And we have child care who comes and helps. Um, right now, it's actually my sister, which is awesome. She comes three days a week for six hours or five hours a day. And then it works out cool because right now, fingers crossed, his nap schedule is kind of around the time she leaves for today. I mean, like for now, like that's <laughs> <Right>. constantly changing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's cool because I can kind of pick up a few more hours depending on how that goes. But those aren't guaranteed. So with my emails, I whenever somebody emails me, they get an automatic response that says, thank you, I got your email. <laughs> because we all know that's the most annoying email. Hey, just checking to see if you got my email. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's sitting there. Right. Um, email is, is the hardest thing for me. I think I, I enjoy it the least of all the business tasks um, in the world. And I think because like my job is so hands-on, it's so manual. Like I'm at actually another desk, like writing and drawing. I'm at another table packing and shipping. When I sit down here, it's like, oh, I have to work. (laughs) It feels more like, I don't know. But for me, having those hours really help to set expectations with customers. If they email me on a Thursday night, I have told them in that message, I won't be back until Tuesday. And that's the longest outage. I mean, it's five days. And sometimes I still try to pop up here and and check in. I don't do a lot of email on my phone. I just don't find that like I, I have like a, I'm on my phone enough, like between Instagram and Facebook and trying to keep up the social media side of my business. I feel like I am drawn to that enough that I don't really need to add one more thing. And so mm-hmm. it's on there um, if I need to go and, and put out a fire, but I don't get notifications of any kind on my phone. Um, so it, I'm not like being pulled away from something more important to check out an email. 
I also just like to tell customers that, you know, when out when they can expect to hear from me and when they can't. And then I feel like I'm under promising and over delivering if they get a message back sooner than that. So a lot of times they're like, oh, thanks for responding. Like, oh, thanks for, you know, like they're they're pleasantly surprised that they heard back from me quicker. Absolutely. And that's just setting boundaries, which I actually have a whole episode about the importance of setting boundaries in your business and your life. And that's so healthy because, again, it allows you to be there when you're in your office, you're in your office, you're, you're, you know, all she wrote notes modes. And then when you're not, you get to be mom, friend, whatever it is you are outside of those hours. And that's so important. And I hope someone is listening who says, you know, I don't have five days a week, seven days a week to devote to being in an office and to working on my business. But clearly you're hearing from someone who is doing super, super well in her business. And she just told you Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, from this time to this time, that's the only time I can devote, you know, assuredly to my business and she's making it work. So also just to hear that that is very much so possible. And that is actually exactly what I'm shifting to eight to two, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for the rest of this year, because you know, that new normal I have coming my way with the new baby. Um, so. I love that. And I wanted to share that with everyone because I think that someone needed to hear that it's possible to be a success on your own terms, which is exactly what you've been doing ever since someone told you you were fun. And (laughs) then you've been like, you know what? I'm going to do this on my own terms, how my life is right now. Hey friend, it's me, Shantae. And I know you're probably already said at least once this week how busy you are. Am I right? You know, when your to-do list doesn't seem to quite match up to the amount of time you have to get it all done. And not just for business, but for your life too. That's where I can help. Allow me to introduce you to my Spring Forward Workshop, an online workshop that teaches you exactly how I am able to run two online businesses, host a weekly podcast in my day at 2.30 for carpool, and of course, I make time for the occasional Target and TJ Maxx runs. I created this workshop to help women just like you start exactly where you are, and we work together to help you create a plan for the limited time that you have each and every day. Now, each lesson is designed to teach you a new skill and comes along with in-depth worksheets to help you to apply each lesson. Now, this hands-on workshop will require you to challenge the old way of thinking about time and teach you how to build time-maximizing habits. Spring Forward comes with lifetime access to any and all updates, five short and powerful lessons teaching you how to take control of your time, a detailed workbook to help you implement every lesson, examples of my workflows that I create in my own businesses to get the most out of my time, and so much more. So if you're ready to ditch busy and give overwhelmed the heave-ho, join me inside of this online workshop as we spring forward to the other side of busy. Sign up today at springforwardworkshop.com. That's springforwardworkshop.com. Another thing you mentioned earlier is that you were literally, you know, bless your heart six times. Talk to us about how you've evolved because there's probably no way you could handwrite physically every single thing and every single product in your shop right now. So how did you get to the place of being comfortable of scaling um, so that if someone ordered 100, you know, cups from you, that doesn't mean, oh my gosh, I'm going to have a hand cramp next week. Tell <laughs> us how you were able to make that transition and be confident in that that was a good move for your business. Oh, I love this question. So I went gangbusters and like went all, all to the digital side for a little while. I was so happy that I did not have to write anymore that I was printing everything and I was doing koozies and shirts and tote bags and pennants and mugs and literally anything that you could have slapped my handwriting on. I was like, (laughs) let's sell that. Let's make that. And I did that in 2015. So right as I was going full time because Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to wholesale. So stores were coming to me and wanting big quantities and I, I could not manually do that. And then I didn't want to cut my time in half. You know, like if you're, if you're charging people wholesale prices, they only want to pay half and then you're, this still took you the same amount of time. So, um, that only worked if it was printed pieces. And so I did that for two years and still have a few items that are hanging around that are printed, but I have really moved back to the more I miss writing. So 
I had cut out my favorite part of the business <laughs> in an effort to be more like professional and be able to scale, scale. I literally cut out the best part of my job, which was writing and writing for people. And I wasn't being able to get that practice in every single day. I never did away with envelopes and services and those kinds of things, but I really just missed writing. And so in the last year, I have really tried to bring back more items that in that require me to write, whether it's um, right now I'm selling beach towels. And so I write the name on paper with a marker and then create a digital file that is then printed um, for each person's name. And then I do a lot of seasonal items that also have my writing. So door hangers, um, pumpkins, whenever Halloween is coming around and all or Christmas ornaments are like one of my biggest things I do all year. And all of those are super quick. It, I just have to write one name, but I still get that personal touch point with mm-hmm. each customer that I had accidentally removed from, my, <laughs> from yeah. my business. And so I'm so glad that that's back. But then I also have the product side, um, a lot of drinkware. Again, it's something that I use. Like I love to use koozies. I love to use coasters, cups, um, tumblers mugs, things like that, that I grab every single day, it makes it really easy for me to share about that online and remind people that I have it. And that's something that they can buy. Those items are, they sell really steadily all throughout the year. And then at Christmas time, I'll bring in more items. I'll bring in tote bags. I'll bring in wine glasses, a lot of more apparel than what I have right now. So more shirts and things like that, but they aren't custom. They are just one design that is, you know, like everybody else that is, is repeated over and over. Mm -hmm. So I really like being able to have both sides. I feel like I have my foot, like I have the best in both worlds right now, being able to write sometimes for people, but then also having stuff that doesn't require any work from me and being able to pop it in a cute package and send it on its way. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much um, because you said you realized trying to do what everyone says you should do, which is scale, scale, scale. You just ignored what you love to do and said, okay, I'm just going to do what everyone says. You have to scale. You have to be able to make more. But then you realize the whole reason I started this was to actually do the handwriting myself and have that connection. And when you realize that you brought it back and I see such a parallel, the same thing with because of Zoe, I've talked about, I started selling blankets and loveys and shirts and suspenders. And then I thought, at some point we're going to get lost. I want us to be known as a hair bow company. Let's get back to just selling hair bows. And when I did that, I got, it was just, I mean, it was a world of difference. So much stress taken off of my shoulders because I was trying to do hashtag team too much. And I think that when you go back again, and sometimes those of us who are in business for so long, we're trying to do, you know, check all the boxes. Oh, you have to do this. Oh, I have to do wholesale. I have to do this. I have to get in Nordstrom because that's the next thing. Oh, I have to get in Target. I have to be the next Ojoy who I love, who I know you love. Um, (laughs) But we can all be ourselves and never forget to keep that part of the business that you actually like and take out the things that you don't because I really remember getting orders for certain things and I'd be like I don't want to make a leather hair bow oh my gosh and then I was like well why are you selling them duh you know so yes that's just so important and I also wanted to ask you because you talked about earlier you started on Etsy but now you have your own Shopify site how did you know when it was time to make that transition that's probably one of the number one questions that I get How do I know when it's time to make that transition, how to make that transition? And then how do I get people over to the new place and away from Etsy? Can you talk about that a little bit? That is such a great question. I get that a lot too. And I always tell people to look at their numbers, like look at your analytics. Etsy can be a marketing platform for you. It could be a marketing expense. And if it's making you money and if they are bringing people to you, then you should stay. And Etsy can be a great source of marketing for you and it can actually make you money. If they're bringing people to you and they're helping people find you, then you should stay. And they give you such good numbers and reporting and analytics. And I just recommend if you're thinking of leaving to to really keep a pulse on those numbers. I remember when I left, 75% of my traffic was what's called direct traffic, meaning they were either going to my website, allshortnotes.com, which was actually redirecting to Etsy, or they were going on Etsy and typing in all she wrote notes, mm-hmm. or they were previous customers that had favored an item and were coming back. It was only 25% of people that were randomly happening upon me on there. So I knew that financially I was going to be okay if I went ahead and moved over. And what I did all along, and this is the piece I would highly recommend to anybody, even if you are just on Etsy and always plan to stay on Etsy, I would go ahead and get a domain name 
that is yours and that you control. So your .com or .biz, whatever it might be, all she wrote notes.com. That's $10 a year. It's worth every penny. And you can redirect that to Etsy until you're ready to move on. And I put that that domain, that my own .com on all my business cards, on all my product inserts, like every single thing I ever sent out actually never had Etsy on it. It always said all she wrote notes.com. And then that way, when when you go to transition, people are used to going to your website anyway. And so you're not really pulling that rug out from under them. It's just now when they click on shop, instead of redirecting them, it's actually still, it's actually there. Like they don't have to leave. And so I saw just a little bit of a dip um, when I when I decided to transition over, but I did it really slowly. Like I think I might have had 50 items in Etsy and I took over like 10 at a time. And I w- once I moved them over, I would take them out of my Etsy shop. And so then I left my four best sellers on Etsy. I left those there for a year. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like against terms or I-, I have not been on there in a long time. So I don't know what's okay and what's not. But I left my four best sellers on Etsy for a whole year. And I just when I would ship those orders, I would put a coupon in there that's like, hey, we are moving off Etsy. But if you want to come to our site, you can get 10% off or whatever. Just trying to like wean those people over, um, you know, to my site. And I have never looked back. I um, didn't ever feel like I was really good at the Etsy messages. And I felt like it was always kind of taking me out of whatever I was presently doing, like I would get that and I would feel the panic that I had to run and write back to this person because I was afraid they were going to go with another calligrapher if I didn't. I was always really afraid of the reviews. Like I feel like customers would threaten, I'm going to leave a bad review if this or that. And, and they never said that. It was just internally, I had that panic and that fear. And I don't worry about either one of those things anymore. Like those are just not like factors in my day-to-day life anymore. And it was a lot of stress that I was really putting on myself. It's not Etsy's fault that I felt that way. Um, but I really, really like not having that worry now. I feel like now if a customer has gone to allshirtnotes.com, they probably follow me. They know me. It's every once in a while still that people just Google and I pop up and that's awesome. But I feel like they know what they're getting and then they know what to expect. And it's on my terms. It's not on Etsy's terms. Like I feel like it's always important to have your own .com because you own that. Like Etsy's like you're renting a room (laughs) at a really cool Airbnb. You know, like it's Mm -hmm. not the, you know, it's not your house. So yeah, absolutely. And I love that. And that's actually, I tell my customers and clients, when you transition, you're not going cold turkey. You're not saying everything off Etsy, everything on my new shop. I think you should have a time when you have them both. And I always say, keep your best sellers there because that's probably what people are going to find and want. And then you start talking to them, letting them know you are on social media. Because I was going to also ask you, what's your number one referral source to your site? Is it Instagram? It is Instagram, but it's super, super closely followed by Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I, Instagram, I have 28, almost 28,000 followers and I only have 5,000 on Facebook. But I think it's just the nature of how people use the app on Instagram. They're not really quick to click a link and get off of there. Mm-hmm. Swipe up has certainly helped in stories, yeah. but still, I, I, Facebook, I mean, to have that 20,000 people different, yeah. Facebook performs almost just as well as Instagram as far as making me money. That's the same for me. Um, Instagram, I have what 15k and maybe maybe five or 600 on Facebook, but Facebook will send equal amount of traffic with my Facebook group, particularly, even though there are still more people. And I think you're right. The swipe up does help. But that's something that's still so new that we're still not seeing the effects of it. So I agree. I see the same thing. Don't sleep on Facebook. Like people are still there. And I think they're just ready to spend money. Like Facebook is such a good platform for selling that Instagram really isn't. But yeah, Instagram is kind of like the story. And now, you know, the engage the Instagram stories, you can have some engagement. But really, I look at my Instagram as more of here's a catalog. If someone wants to come and get a quick Mm -hmm. glimpse of what I have and who I am and what I can do. But I was going to say, I think part of the success you had in transitioning also was, like you said, you move things slowly um, and then everything said all she wrote notes. But also, I've never heard anyone say this before. And this is such good insight that I want to take this to my clients. Look at where the traffic is coming from, because a lot of my clients do have like their homepage with their business name. And then when you click their shop button, it'll take you to their Etsy. And if more people are coming to your page and then going from your page to Etsy, that means if you just kept them there on your page, 
you save money because you're not paying fees for that, right? So that is so smart that you were able to look and see that, like I said, 75% of that traffic and then keeping those four for a year wasn't costing you as much as when you had so many things there and that still helped you kind of have that other place of marketing essentially, um, but then bringing them over to your site. So I know that it's going to help so many people that all the insight you just shared there. So thank you so much for that because I know that's a a hard question. Yeah, what freaked me out the most with Etsy was I remember my last paycheck to them was more than my paycheck that I made at my nine to five job. Like how much I had to pay Mm. Etsy. And I was like, oh God, like we need to take a break. Like we need to look at this. We need to check this out. And so that's when I started digging. But I know there's plenty of people who Etsy really is helping you get business Mm. and they're referring people to you and you need to stay because that's worth your money. But for me, once I got to that 75%, it really wasn't. I was done. I think a lot of people want to leave. They just are afraid of losing that traffic. And and like you said, I think some steps they can do to maneuver themselves to get them in a place where they can one day is like you say, get their own dot com and then represent your brand there. Make sure you're showing up on social media. On social media, you're sending people to your website. And if you can do that consistently, that's another key is showing up consistently and staying on brand. Eventually you can get to the place because it is nice when you're not paying Etsy. Like you said, those fees. I remember I had a client who was like, you know, had to pay Etsy $6,000. And it's just that really hurt that $6,000 I could have kept in my pocket with the same prices, same products if I had my own website. And so at some point, I always tell people, once you start making a certain amount on Etsy, you really are, it just pays to start getting yourself transitioned over. So thank you so much. My biggest fear with Etsy too is like when people say, where did you get that? And somebody says, I got that from Etsy. And that is like a business owner, like a business owner cries every time they hear that. And I (laughs) say that's so brand. Absolutely. And I've said that in a few Facebook groups, I've been looking for a few things for our son. And I'll ask someone, you know, I'm trying to find a blanket with that can be personalized. And someone says, Oh, I had one I got on Etsy. I can't remember where it was. And then that person has to go back and look in their history. And I mean, that's just a lot harder than saying, Oh, I got it from because of Zoe. Oh, I got it from all she wrote notes. And I actually just posted a few weeks ago in a Facebook group saying, guys, you know, I just asked somebody for something and all people could tell me is they got it off Etsy. They're not remembering you. They're not connecting with you and your business and your brand. That's another fear. And you also can't like, you know, run ads to those people who are coming to your site because you can't pixel them. There's just so many more things you can do once you have your own site. So I am so grateful for that part of the conversation. I want to transition now and talk about your workshops because I think that is one of the most exciting things about what you do that separates you in my mind from a lot of the products as business owners that I know is that you took, again, something you like to do, which is be in front of people, make people smile and laugh and still get to actually physically handwrite. How did you come up with the idea to do workshops? And then how did you come up with the idea to say, I'm going to do this consistently because you do it every single Thursday? I do. It's, it is so fun. Like I get, I get to teach a class tonight. I'm going home and teaching in my hometown and there's a hundred people, which is insane. I have never had that many in like a public class. Like it's all these people from home. Like it's all these people. And I'm so excited. Um, but my classes really started like from demand. Like somebody just asked me if I could teach it. I said, yes. At that class, at that very first class, somebody that was a student said, I would love to do this with some of my girlfriends. Can I do this at my house? I was like, sure. So the next Thursday, day we were at her house with all her friends and then kind of the same thing like social media has been just the best component of my classes because people it's an experience I make it really fun I make it memorable I encourage them to share pictures they share their work and then all their followers see it and they're like wait what's this I want to come to a class and so I started mostly private so like mostly you and your girlfriends and I would come to your house and like set up shop on your kitchen table and we would do it all there But I ran into problems with that because so many other businesses, especially in the MLM space, they are hosting quote unquote parties where you show up and you feel obligated to buy something. You know, we've all been invited to that. Um, My sister, like we love some pampered chef, like we love some Arbonne, like those are all those things. But people were accidentally grouping me into that same space and it wasn't the same. So when their friends were saying, I'm hosting a hand lettering party, they sort of treated me with disrespect. Like when I got there, they were like annoyed they had to be there. I could feel that sense of obligation. They kept waiting for the sales pitch that never came because I wasn't there to sell them anything. They had already Mm -hmm. bought their ticket and then I pack up and roll on. And so 
I just didn't enjoy it. And I don't really think that people enjoyed it as much either. I don't think it was the best experience. And then when people started coming to me that owned stores or that owned a coffee shop or a boutique, that was really where I found my sweet spot. Because not only was I able to go and teach and do what I love, I had the platform to invite up to 25 people sometimes into these venues and into these stores and shops, most of which had never been there before. And I'm introducing them to this brand new business. And then that night they're shopping, they're eating, they're drinking, you know, doing whatever it might be that that shop or store is known for. And so I just feel like it's a win-win. Like they've um, consistently been inviting me over and over I kind of started once a week from from really, really early on. And then when I was full-time without a child, I was up to four and five times a week. So I was gone almost every night. Again, my husband works third. So if he were here... I would not have been anywhere else. I, w- I would love to hang out with him, but he ha- he's never been. And so I was always able to travel and go around. And I really did enjoy that. But I think that I al- almost burned myself out because it was too much. I think also the classes were still consistently selling out, but they would wait till like the day before and they would sell out or like a few days before because people were like, well, if I miss it, she'll be back next week or she'll be back this time and that time. And so I think I almost oversaturated and I'm really mm-hmm. grateful that I did not get to do that again. Like the following year, I pulled back to just one a week after Vance was born and I'm going to stay with that. Like, I love that. It's- People can count on it consistently that it's every Thursday, but I'm not in the same city every Thursday because I'm moving all across the state of North Carolina. I'm going down to Georgia, South Carolina, up to Virginia, out to Tennessee, like all around the bordering states. And they are more likely to sign up and sign up quickly because they know it will fill up and they don't know when it might be a month before I'm back in that area. And so really the demand, I'm just so grateful for that and that people are still signing up. When I started, I did not know anybody else teaching classes. It was, I didn't have anybody to look to, to like learn from. I just made it up as I went along and learned a lot from my students. Like if there was stuff I asked that didn't, you know, quite go over well, or there was a lot of questions that kept coming up, I knew I needed to address that in the lesson. There, if there were jokes that, that didn't people didn't laugh, I knew not to do that again the <laughs> yeah. next time. And so that has just really, really grown. And now I have since seen people like, you know, anything that you're doing, if you're doing it well, people are going to want to come along and replicate that. Um, and I have seen that over the last few years, which it hurts every time. You're always like, shoot, but I didn't invent teaching. You know, I didn't invent calligraphy. I did get a head start. And I'm really, really grateful for that um, in the class space. And I just encourage you, if you have a skill that people might like to learn. Classes are a really great other, like a side stream of income. And you don't have to do it every week as often as I do. But there's a girl in my town who does carpentry classes, like women carpentry classes. There's a girl who does cookie decorating classes. And she's a baker, like she owns a cookie business. And obviously, she hopes that you hire her to do her cookies. But she comes and teaches seasonally how to decorate. I have no desire to open a cookie business, but I love going to her classes. Like I don't even bake. I need somebody else to bake the cookies and I can decorate them. But I just think if there is a little piece of your skill set that you can share with everybody else, you don't want to share everything you know. You're not going in there and opening up your whole knowledge and your whole bag of tricks. You're just kind of like simplifying one skill that you possess that you're passionate about and sharing that with somebody else. Usually the people who take my class aren't hoping to come and be the next all she wrote notes like the next calligrapher most of them are just wanting a fun girls night out like a widen design kind of vibe like they're just wanting to try this thing and then moving on but then sometimes people take it they come back and take it again they take another version of my class like a you know calligraphy then hand lettering or back and forth and they really get very good and I'm always their biggest cheerleader you know encouraging them to go forward so I just think don't be afraid to share your knowledge I think like lighting another candle does not make yours fizzle out and I think it's so important to share your knowledge but it's also really great to get paid for it. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. I love that. I love it so much. And I have taken one of your classes. When I saw you were coming to Greenville, South Carolina, not only did I jump on the bandwagon, but I thought this would be so fun. And it was around my friend's birthday. So I said, this is going to be so great. She's an artist. So I thought, you know, she doesn't want to be a hand letterer, but this is something that we could do that's fun, that's different. Because sometimes you run out of things to do. Like, it's like, yeah. okay, we've done what can we do that's in a short period of time? Most of us are moms and your hand lettering glasses was so much fun. I 
trust me, I have confirmed that I am not <laughs> <laughs> to be a hand letterer in any yeah, stretch, by stretch of the imagination. But it was so fun. Um, like you said, it's an experience and you get to just go away for a while and do something like that. What are you going to do, though, now that your your brand is growing? Um, and I know you said you travel to what Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia. What about someone in California who's like me and my girlfriends would love to get together and do this? Will you come to us or how can we, how can we, you know, take your class? Is there a way that we could do it virtually? Is there anything like that you're thinking about doing? I sure am. As a matter of fact, clients have asked over and over and over, like every single time I post, come here, come there. And as much as I would love to hop on a plane and go, I have a baby and a husband I love even more. So I've got to <laughs> yeah. stay here. But I am releasing an online class. I'm highly anticipated. You guys have been asking for it forever. And I am so excited to be able to bring that to y'all. It is going to launch on August 13th. And it's my happy hand lettering. So very soon, um, it's going to launch on the five-year anniversary of All She Wrote Notes. And it'll be all of the content that I actually share in person. So we have recorded some of my live classes, plus some in-studio content, plus some bonus videos that I've never shot before that are just showing like different projects and skills that you can do as well. And I am just over the moon thrilled. I cannot wait to see that that response. And my biggest hope is that people will get together with their girlfriends, that they will put this on their TV, that they'll pour some wine, and they'll do this as a fun night together. I think that calligraphy and hand lettering, like this would be no fun if you kept it to yourself. Like you have to share this. And I think doing this in that kind of environment, we'll be able to replicate the experience that I create here in the South and, you know, here in North Carolina each week. But I I could so see that being a really, really fun girl's night, no matter where you live. That's going to be so fun. I could see bridesmaids getting together and doing that, like maybe the night before, just something, you know, just so many fun, different ways you can incorporate that. So will you ship them the materials? Because I know when we went to the class, I got this cute little All She Wrote Notes pad and the yellow All She Wrote Notes pen. Do you ship them materials? So yes and no, there's going to be two options available. The first is going to be $38. That's the class with the digital download of my happy hand lettering book. So it's got the alphabet guide. It's 20 pages of, of content typed out there for you. And you can use your own markers. There's a supply list included in the book. And then there will be another option that's a bundle that includes the actual physical book and physical marker with some confetti packed up in there shipped to your house. And then my favorite option is going to be the party. So if you want to get with girlfriends, I will ship you a big box with cups and koozies and confetti and all the books and all the markers. And I will come on and hop on Skype or hop on some kind of digital um, platform to be able to pop into your class and answer questions on the night that you host. And so I'm looking the most forward to that. Um, I really, really want people to be able to gather and do this together. And as much as I wish I could be there in person, I'll do everything I can to be there over the phone. (laughs) I love that. And I love that you give people the options to do like those three are so perfect. I am so excited. So I'm guessing there's a way we can get on the wait list for that. And um, before it opens, and then also a link that will take us to that, that I can put in the show notes and share with everyone. Absolutely. If you go to allshortnotes.com and click on classes, and I'll make sure I give you that link too. We're going to go ahead and start promoting this really, really soon. I've already kind of sneaked out the secret a few times online and people have been freaking out. They're so excited. And so all of that will be coming out really, really soon. I love that you're doing it also on the anniversary because what a, what a way to remember, like, look how far you have come. Who would have guessed five years ago when you were trying to stick yourself in a box with boring, you know, calligraphy that you just, well, not boring, but, you know, just not you calligraphy that five years later, you would be taking your fun, happy hand lettering across the globe, really. Um, That's really exciting. I'm so happy for you about that. And for everyone listening, I know you're thinking, okay, I want in on that. I'm going to have a link in the show notes on how you can get that. And you better believe on August 13th, I'll be talking about it on social media as well. um, Because I'm so excited for you, Megan. Well, uh, I could just talk to you all day, but we're going to get ready to wrap up. Before we do, I always like to do what I call the business life enjoy round. And I'm just going to ask you a few questions and you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. And this will just help us get to know a little bit more about you. Okay. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. Um, glitter or confetti? Confetti. All day, every day. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Those of you who don't know, that's her license plate. Yes. <laughs> confetti. <laughs> 
I turn all of my calligraphy mistakes into confetti so that I'm not sad about wasting the paper. I like run it through the shredder and it makes really beautiful. And then I put it in all the packages. I love that so much. (laughs) Okay. What is your favorite food? Mexican. Mm, Good choice. Favorite place to visit? Um, the beach. Mm. What do you do for fun away from work? Play with Vance and Chris. We have a golf green in our backyard, so I love to go out there and put around. I'm not as good as you think I should be to be able to be that close, but it's a lot of fun. I love that. Um, favorite color? Hot pink. I knew it. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's see. The song that's always in the rotation in your music right now. Anything by Nelly. <laughs> Oh, I did see you posted that recently, actually, on social media. Okay. I, I just saw this quote that says, somewhere between Proverbs 31 and Cardi B, there's me. <laughs> there you go. And I think Nelly would probably somewhere fall somewhere in there. There you go. He loves me, but he cusses a little. So it's oh, that, great. Yeah, that does sound like Nelly. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Um, ice cream or cake? Oh, I like cookies. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. We even, we even didn't have a cake at our wedding. We had like a dessert bar with banana pudding and like all different desserts. And I I'm lact- I like ice cream, but I'm lactose intolerant. So I'd, it, like a pint can last me like a whole month. Like I like ration it just a little bit at a time. Gotcha. What is your favorite business memory to date? Oh my goodness. You know what it is? It's last year. That was on my fifth, fourth year birthday. Chris and Vance surprised me and came to my class. And Chris has never been to a class before. And he like rolled in with a stroller. It makes me cry to think about it. Um, and they like sat in the back and he said he has no idea what I said because he was focused on keeping the baby quiet. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that so much. But it meant so, so much to me to be able to have them there. And then tonight is going to be a big deal for me too. Going home and doing this in my hometown, having a hundred people come out to Summerfield. Um, there, I looked at that na- that list earlier today, which is also going to make me cry. Mm-hmm. And some of my teachers are on there, like mm-hmm. from from elementary school and from high school, and so many friends that are local. And I um, I woke up this morning like already like with that like <laughs> not in my throat. <laughs> like if I get through the opening without crying, it's going to be a great day. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's going to be so great. I hope you share with us on social media so we can follow along. Okay. I definitely will. One last question that I always like to end with, and that is what brings you joy? Oh my gosh. So many things. I literally everything. I think, I think I try really, really hard to find the joy in all of it. Like whether it's big or whether it's small, um, I really, really try to surround myself with joy. I think that happiness is something that we're always after and that we always strive for and we want happiness. But I think happiness is so based on our circumstances, whereas joy, like you can choose that. Like even in the hard season and even in the hard things, like you can find joy, whether it's a baby's laugh or whether it's a, a good smelling candle or whether it's your favorite song on the radio, like just trying to find the little bitty things like all throughout your day. Even if it's not a good day, there's something good that you can find there. Amen. Well, thank you, Megan, so much for spreading your joy with us here on the Business Life and Joy podcast. Before I let you go, tell everyone where they can find and connect with you. Thank you so much. My Instagram, that's where the big party is at. And that's All She Wrote Notes. Facebook is also All She Wrote Notes. And my website is allsherotenotes.com. Love it. Thank you so much, Megan. We'll talk again soon. Bye, friend. Don't you just love her? I told you guys, she is the best. I love Megan so much. And I'm so grateful for her coming on and sharing her experiences and wisdom. And I also love it when people come on the podcast and I promise you it's not prompted, it's not scripted, but they say so many things that align with the principles that I teach you all right here on the podcast each and every week. So thank you again, Megan, for coming today. Don't forget to go to today's show notes, which can be found at shantegrant.com forward slash 65 so that you can get all the links that we discussed in today's episode and so that you can find out how you can have your very own hand lettering party for you and your friends. And friends, don't forget, let me know you're listening to today's episode by tagging me on Instagram at Shante Grant. That's S-H-U-N-T-A-G-R-A-N-T. Hey friend, it's me, Shantae, coming right in the middle of our conversation in this podcast episode, but it's with good news. I have a question for you. 
Have you ever found yourself at the end of the day or the week or the end of the month with little to no results to show for it, despite the fact that you were so quote unquote busy the entire time? Well, guess what, my friend? You're not alone. And most importantly, this does not have to be your story. I want to tell you and introduce you to my brand new training called Peace, Pace, Progress. It teaches you how to get work done that matters, how to go from big picture goals all the way down to the day-to-day activities, and how to get specific and leave the generic and general out of your plans, and so much more. Are you tired of filling notebooks with ideas that never happen? Well, let Peace Pace Progress help you sort through those ideas and teach you which ideas to prioritize and which to trash so that you can begin to see tangible, measurable results in your business. So my friend, what are you waiting for? It's time to put an end to no longer having a system that works. No more working on several things at once and not accomplishing anything that makes your business money. Don't go another day wasting your precious time. So today is the day for peace, pace, and progress in your business. Find out why Dion says, so I just finished Shantae's Peace, Pace, Progress course, and it is everything. From the very beginning of the course, everything resonated. I was definitely team too much. I was grinding for hours on end and into the wee hours of the morning. And now, after Peace, Pace, Progress, when I look back, very little of what I was doing really accomplished anything to move my business forward. Now, I know exactly how to do that. Stephanie says, I finished Peace Pace Progress and loved it. I've always felt a lot of anxiety about feeling like I should be doing so much to get things accomplished, but it was hard to get that broken down into specific steps and timelines for some reason. But now, thanks to Peace Pace Progress, I've got my weekly and daily workflows filled out and I know exactly what I should be doing. So are you ready to get things done, make the most of your time, and get more done in less time? If so, head on over to peacepaceprogress.com to learn more, my friend. I'll see you there. Until next time, my friends, I hope that wherever you are and wherever you are doing, that the sound of my voice finds you in the midst of pursuing something that has sincere meaning to you. You can find a brand new episode of the Business Life Enjoy podcast each and every Monday morning waiting just for you at shantegrant.com forward slash podcast. And remember, the best way to say thank you for the podcast and all this amazing free content is by sharing it with a friend and tagging me on Instagram at shantegrant. Until next time, my friend, may your business and your life be filled with joy. Bye for now.